You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home. Welcome back, Bears fans. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. Holiday edition. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy, I forget all the other ones, but happy holidays to everybody. Uh, 2021 right around the corner. Hell yeah. But we're here, myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Kevin Lapka and Chris Nana. We are recording this on the 23rd for you all. You're listening to this on maybe Christmas Eve, maybe Christmas, maybe the day after Christmas. You're listening to this sometime before the Bears play the Jaguars on Sunday. And if you're listening after that, then I have bad news for you that this episode is not going to apply to you. But knowing our loyal fan base, they are all, of course, listening to this before the Bears play the Jaguars on Sunday. So with that being said, let's get into it and start breaking down what this game means, what we expect out of this game, the 7-7 Bears going in against the 1-13 Jaguars, who currently are on pace for the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft, obviously the Trevor Lawrence race. And the Bears come in, they're going to Jacksonville as seven-point road favorites. I think that is probably the biggest margin for the Bears in weeks. It's definitely the first time they've been favored in a while. So this that's a big morale boost right there. You're fighting for the playoff spot. Um, and you got to, of course, as we discussed in the last episode, have the Cardinals lose to either the 49ers or the Rams over the last two weeks to sneak into the playoffs. But we're here to focus on the Bears versus the Jaguars, and I'm just going to say it, the Bears should win this game by easily double the spread. Easily. Yes, easily they should. And here's the thing, though. You, you do have to take a look at this, and I know there are a lot of Bears fans who are kind of just putting this game to the side and saying, yes, this is an easy lockup win. Let's move on to Week 17. Uh, and rightfully so. It makes sense. This is a bad team, one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, you know, you have to win this game, and then you play Green Bay, and everyone's looking forward to that Green Bay matchup Week 17 to determine if they get in into the playoffs or not. But there is something to be said about the way they play. I'm not, I'm not going to say that the Jaguars are going to keep this game close, but they have in the past. They kept it close with the Packers. They kept it close with the Steelers, who are now looking extremely fraudulent for whatever reason. But what I want to see from this team is you don't want this to be a close game because that could be dangerous. This is the perfect opportunity for you to gain momentum going into week 17. So obviously the offense has momentum, right? Keep that going. But I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball. Yes, they played well against Houston, didn't play as well against Minnesota. We know in the past they did not play uh, well against Detroit, did not play well against Green Bay. So you really have to take this game and make this an opportunity for your team, your defense specifically, to get a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence going into week 17. And I think that's very, very important. So you look at guys like Eddie Jackson, get him an interception. Robert Quinn, he's getting momentum. How about he gets another sack? Khalil Mack gets on there. By Lel Nichols continues to perform. Dan Trevathan, like all these guys need to continue that momentum and play well. So you're carrying that and you're riding that high going into Green Bay because that's what scares me is like somehow, some way the Jaguars keep this game close and then there's all, there's frantic around the fan base and around the team the week going into Green Bay thinking, well, why was it even close? Why are, you know, and there's all these questions. Eliminate all questions. Eliminate any franticness. If that's even a word that could happen in this next week, win this game handily, bring momentum and confidence going, in, going into Green Bay. So yes, this game should be an easy win, but there is a lot to be said there that this team needs to play well uh, because it, it could mean a lot going into week 17. Um, you know, 
I, I agree with that 100%, Kevin. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, it doesn't even matter who you're playing at the end of the day. Like, you're supposed to be ready every Sunday. So I 100% agree with that. But here's my thing. Okay. I, the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, like, I, I, I just have no way of seeing them, like, trying to win this game like i'm not joking like i I actually think they're gonna be trying to lose games because think about it this is the first i'm pretty sure this is the first time they've had uh or this is i'm pretty sure this is the first time they've jumped the jets right Uh, yes number one pick so i mean look they have trevor lawrence locked in right now as long as they lose these last two games um honestly I, i i just like like there's no way the bears win this game by less than 10 points the wow. bears are going to win this game and they're going to win it easily um honestly i actually not that i would want them to but i actually think the bears probably don't even be at their best to win this game um i, I but i really hope they do just for pretty much exactly what kevin said you don't want to go into that green bay game with with you know questions everywhere you want to be like okay you know, we've won three straight. Just beat the crap out of the Jaguars, Vikings, and Texans. And, you know, now it's it's, it's go time. So uh, I, I'm with Kevin, but um, I, I'm also in the boat that I honestly just, I mean, the Jaguars are, are, are the Jaguars. So. You, you can't take your foot off. I, I Like you said, Chris, I, I could see the Bears like maybe taking plays off in this game, but you got to step on their throats. You got to break some necks. You got to crack skulls in this game because you got to just keep you, you can't afford to take your foot off the gas. Um, you know, you just got to keep going, keep this momentum going power right through the Jaguars as you should and start getting ready for Green Bay. Um, you know, the we've shown that you give Green Bay an inch mentally at all. They're going to make you pay for it, especially if you're the Chicago Bears. Green Bay will make you pay for any mental ground you give them. So, you, yeah, you just got to go in there, punch the Jaguars in the teeth, and move on. Like, it, it, you can't – everybody just needs to keep 100% of what they've been doing. Keep that going. Even if – I mean, don't think of this as a pushover game because as a team that lost six games in a row, you're not allowed to overlook any right. teams either. Um, you know, this is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that, what, two years ago, three years ago – was an AFC championship team. So uh, you, you, I know this is obviously not the same team that that was, but there's still guys that can make you pay on this, especially on that defense. So um, you got to stay ready. You have to stay mentally sharp and you got to treat this game as it should be and step on their necks and then get ready for that final week and try to hope you can stumble into that last playoff spot. And here's the thing. You, you cannot get complacent. You cannot get complacent because that's exactly what the Los Angeles Rams did last week, right? You know, Rams podcasters, all the Rams uh, people in, in the media were probably saying the same exact thing. Well, you know, easy win. Let's already move on to next week. And the Rams got upset by the New York Jets, a team that didn't even have one win. They had zero wins until that week. So the Bears can't get complacent here. Jake's 100% right. You got to keep your foot on the gas pedal because whether you like it or not, Jacksonville, their players, I know Chris said that, yes, they, they may, you may see them make questionable decisions that will, you know, that will kind of hint to the fact that they're trying to lose, but the players are still going to play their heart out. I mean, you ask the Jets players and you ask Adam Gaze after they beat the Rams, like, well, you know, what do you think about the number one pick? And all their responses were, look, we're just trying to play the game. These players are going to go out there and play their heart out. Hell, there's going to be plenty of Jacksonville Jaguars playing on Sunday who aren't going to be on the team next year who could care less about what, what happens about the draft order of their team. They don't give a crap. They're going to be free agents. They're going to be on a different team. Why should they, you know, 
do anything to benefit that team. You know what I'm saying? So you cannot get complacent because that that's how things get scary. I mean, this team took Minnesota to overtime. Like, with Mike Glennon as the quarterback, and we still don't know if it's going to be Mike Glennon or Gardner Minshew, not like one is really that much better than the other. I mean, maybe Minshew's a little bit better, but he hasn't played that well. So, Jake, you guys are both 100% right, because there is a little bit um, of me that is scared that they will get complacent. And, and like Jake mentioned, like, you are not in position to do that. Like, you aren't even like the Rams, who were 9-4 and four going to that game against uh, the Jets. I mean, you're 7-7. Seven and seven. You don't have the right to, you know, you're not a 12-1 and one Kansas City Chiefs team that can just knock this off to the side. Like, you got to play well and bring that momentum so um it cannot get complacent absolutely the last thing you can do yeah and and kevin just to kind of go back to that point about um not getting complacent um you know you you talked about how you know they might make some questionable decisions you know some of these play some players that you know are not used to getting a lot of playing time might play this and that and honestly I feel like you could make the argument that that's scarier than than I think it's scarier having backups that have something to prove playing than you sure. know these starters that know that you know they the, the season's over they're getting Trevor Lawrence next year and they can just mail it in you know some of these guys like Kevin said like they're playing for something so you take your foot off the gas on any given Sunday and there's a chance you lose that's the bottom line what I was doing when I was talking about how the Bears can probably not be at their best and win I was just kind of hinting at just trying to paint the picture of how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars really are yeah yeah I don't think anybody's underestimating how bad the Jaguars are but um they are very bad but I mean you're the Bears you I mean like I said you you went on that six team losing streak you can't afford to overlook any team especially with what's at stake because I mean you lose you lose a game and then you put yourself I mean, I don't know what I didn't look at what their playoff uh, odds are now, but I mean, you're you're falling almost to zero if you lose a game. So uh, winning is the best way to get in the playoffs, and I think this team knows that. So I don't think they're going to be underestimating anyone because like it's different from the Rams and the Jets, where the where the Rams are in a comfortable spot. You know, they know they're in for the most part, uh, barring something catastrophic. But you know, so they can afford to kind of maybe not prepare as hard for the Jets, maybe not. Uh, look at it as they would most weeks, but the Bears can't do that because they're in a position where they have to win every game and they have to win this game in case they do lose to Green Bay. So, uh, yeah, I mean they're they're in a different position than the Rams, obviously, and I think that'll show. I think I think this team, and we'll talk about it in predictions in a little bit, but I think this team sh- knows what's in front of them this week, and I think they'll take care of business. Yeah, um, you know, if you want to use history as an example, uh, you know. You could have said the same thing about the Texans game. I mean, yeah, the Texans aren't as bad as right. Jacksonville, but it was that same situation where, oh, you can't take this team for granted. And and, and for <laughs> granted, uh, the Texans were favored in that game, so kind of a little bit of a different conversation. They were somehow favored, but still the same idea. Like, you have a better record. You know your more talented roster. You know they have players injured. That was a situation where the Bears could have gotten a little bit complacent and made that game closer than they should have, and, you know, they didn't. So that was good to see because we know in the past that's happened with this team uh, in the Matt Nagy era. Teams you should be blowing out. You're only winning by a few points. You know, some things like that happened at times with this team. Um, So it's good to see that that trend maybe uh, had been broken after that Texans game. Um, It certainly was was worrisome after that Lions game. Then they came out and and dealt with business with the Texans. So 
all very important. Um, and, you know, it, maybe a little bit more confidence, I should say, that Matt Nagy is going to get his team ready to play. Um, and I know it's – I've been very critical of that in the past. I've said, you know, Matt Nagy – I mean, it, quite frankly, it's true. He hasn't been good throughout his whole career at getting his team ready to play. And that's evident by – you know, you can see the amount of points they've scored in the first half and how it's probably one of the worst in the league if you total it up the past three years. Um, but, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. And he's gotten his team ready to play the past three weeks. So you have to give credit to Matt Nagy there. Uh, and I have a little bit more confidence that, you know, he'll keep that rolling. You know, you, you roll this confidence and this momentum that you have and they'll be ready to play this Sunday. So that is that is something to take uh, note of as a positive. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's just it's just one of those things where, you know, they they just really have to know where they're at. And I'm sure they do. Um, you know, they they know what's at stake, like we've been talking about all episodes so far. Like, you know, this is just one of those things. I mean, take care of business. Like, we all know that, you know, the real test or the real, like, what it's really going to come down to is most likely going to be that Green Bay game week 17. But, you know, like you guys said, can't get too complacent, you know, this and that. And, and you know, I think that the players know what's at stake. I, I think after that, you know, six-game losing streak, like, you know, they really – you know, they, I think they took a took a step back and realized, OK, you know, we're still in this. We got to you know, if we win out, we give ourselves a chance. And, you know, I think that that's really all there is to it. Like, I, I just genuinely think the players know what's at stake. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this, this the Bears should get this done without much worry. So that being said, let's keep things moving. I mean, there's only so much you can say about the Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars. That's the thing. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like so, you can't break it down that much. Right. We'll, we'll keep it moving, uh, and we'll go into our bold predictions, and then we'll do what's who what's blank listening to this week, and then we'll do our final predictions. Um, but bold predictions starting off. And, uh, again, this is the Jaguars. You should take care of business. This should be a game that you just roll in, roll out, bing, bang, boom. Uh, no questions asked. So I'm going to go uh, again. I would like to remind everyone that I was right about Robert Quinn being a contributor last week. So credit to me, but I'm going to go Mitch Trubisky uh, eclipses 310 passing yards. Okay. That's I like number. it. I think I like it's it. very possible. This is the 32nd ranked defense. If you want to go and break it down, get into the numbers, this is the worst defense in the NFL by a large margin. Their defense is actually a heck of a lot worse than their offense. Their offense is technically ranked 23rd by yards per game. Uh, no, they are not that good. They are probably don't play like the 23rd best offense, but statistically that's where they're at. Uh, my bold prediction, though, as it pertains to the Bears defense, I think they finally get into the end zone. I think they get a defensive touchdown. I don't know who exactly it's going to be, but I just have this feeling that, especially if it's Mike Lennon, you know, they're, they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder playing against their former teammate, um, going after him, getting after him. And, you know, the guy's going to make mistakes. We know that for a fact. So they're going to get after him, get an interception, hopefully take it to the house. It seems like they're due. And that's, again, one of those plays where you get into the end zone, you start to feel really good about yourself, feel really good about where your defense is at. And that really plays into the momentum that I'm talking about that you can carry into week 17. So it'd be really, really nice to see them get into the end zone. And, and, and if it were somebody who really needs it, you know, like if Khalil Mack got in the end zone, like that's great. But like, give me Eddie, uh, give me a Tashawn Gibson, give me a Kyle Fuller, some of those guys that haven't had, you know, the takeaways in a year that they're used to. Get one of those guys in the end zone and boost one of theirs confidence. Some of those guys who are a little bit lower on confidence right now, if you can boost theirs by getting in to the end zone, that'd be great. So defensive touchdown for the Chicago Bears this Sunday. Book it, lock it in, go out of your fantasy sports book app. I'm sure the odds aren't too crazy for it, but uh, it's, a, it's a fair bet in my opinion. 
All right. For me, bold prediction. I'm going Darnell Mooney gets his first 100-yard receiving game. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, the Jaguars cornerbacks. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. I think you can guess what I'm going to say. <laughs> Um, Darnell Mooney, I mean, he's just looking better and better every week. I, I, you know, and it's funny because the numbers don't really reflect that he's getting better every week. Um, but you know, when you watch him, everything seems to be getting more crisp. Everything seems to be getting more, um, polished. I, I don't know. Polished. Yes. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Like you can tell his game is becoming more refined and, um, you know, I think, Mitch Trubisky knows what he has in Darnell Mooney. I, I mean, uh, you know, the guy's phenomenal. Um, he's always open. He's electric. Um, and the Jaguars are bad. So I think it's a good recipe for Darnell Mooney. First 100-yard receiving game of his career. Let's do it. Uh, just to circle back to Kevin's bold prediction of the defense getting uh, interception touchdown. Um you know, you're missing a lot of guys. You're I, Dion Bush, Jalen Johnson, Buster Screen all did not practice today. Uh, Screen obviously dealing with that concussion. Johnson with the shoulder that sidelined him last week. And now Dion Bush still out as well. And he didn't play last week either. Um, but the most important guy in that secondary, though, Eddie Jackson, did have a full practice. It looks like he'll play. And you obviously have Kyle Fuller still. And we know that Roquan Smith can make plays on the ball. Akeem Hicks uh, and Khalil Mack and know how to be in the right place at the right time. So we'll see what happens, but it doesn't look like Johnson and screen are going to suit up this week again, yeah. which is fine. Cause it's the Jaguars, I guess. I, I think you would have liked them to get in a, a nice little pillow game against the Jaguars, but I would say that expect to see both of them for the most important game against the Packers anyway. But um, no, I think those are all very good. I think those all, all of us had a very, uh, reasonable prediction since it is the Jaguars. I would love to see Mooney get his. I mean, yeah. he, he's been, he deserves it a deep ball or two. I mean, he's been spectacular uh, for a rookie all year. Everything Anthony Miller was supposed to be surprised. None of us picked Anthony Miller in the Anthony Miller annual weeks, 14 to 17 breakout, <laughs> but um, right. I guess he didn't have a great game last week anyway. So scratch that. But um, I all wanna, right. I want to, Talk about those cornerbacks real quick, um, because you talked about Johnson and Screen being out, and yeah, that kind of hurts a little bit. You talk about yeah, pillow game would be nice for them to just get some reps in. Um, but you know, it, it has been nice. I gotta admit, it has been nice to see Duke Shelley out there making plays. He made a really nice open field tackle on Dalvin Cook. I believe it was on like second and five, uh, late in the game with two minutes left. The Bears were still up three, and the Vikings had the ball on their side of the field. He made an open field tackle with no one within ten yards of him. So it was true open field tackle that led to third and one. That led to fourth and one where the Bears eventually took over on downs, and that was kind of a game-changing play. And Duke Shelley was a guy um, for a long time now, what it seems like is, you know, one of those guys similar to Riley Ridley, where we had all these questions. We're wondering, why is he not out there? Who is he? What kind of player is he? We ever only saw him on special teams. Now that he's getting some time, these are opportunities where you can learn some things about a player, and you can start to gain some optimism, uh, and not just for us, but for the coaching staff. Like, they see things out of, let's say, Kendall Vildor, let's say out of Duke Shelley. All of a sudden, you're thinking, well, you know what? I mean, and this is very important you think well you know what maybe we don't take a, a cornerback that we we're planning on taking i'm not saying that they were but i'm just saying that these types of situations could actually change the way teams draft in the future just because certain players are out 
for certain games and you learn something about the depth guys that you have. So, you know, it's actually very important to watch how Duke Shelley plays, to watch how Kindle Bildor plays, because not only may it affect your draft, but you also can maybe see, you know, diamond in the rough, maybe if you, is what you want to call it, um, and understand what you have there at depth that who, for guys who can maybe become starters in the future if Buster Screen gets gone or anything like that. So it's still important to look out for those guys because it, it can change the future of this team. Yeah, I, you know, and with Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley, I'm I'm actually okay with them playing. Like, I don't feel nervous. I, yes. I, I think they are, you know, I think they can hold their own. Um, so, you know, my whole thing with this is, for the love of God, if these guys are even 50-50, like, don't play these guys. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you can't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars without Jalen Johnson, then that, you know, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Let's be real. Right. So, you know, I and and I just want everybody to be healthy for that week 17 game. Um, you know, it, it's it's I want these guys to be rested more than anything. And, and it just boils down to the fact that the Bears should win this game, even without some of these players. And, and you know, I, I just I don't want any but I don't want any risk heading into that Packers game. No risk at all. Um, and you know, I, I'm okay with Kendall Vildor and, um, Duke Shelley. They were pretty good. They were pretty good. I, I think, you know, it, my first, my first reaction to every, to like seeing players like play like that for the first time is always the feeling I get. If I get nervous, there's usually a reason for it and vice versa. If, there, if, I, if I'm not nervous, that means, you know, they're probably holding their own. So that's always like that gut feeling I get that's always gut. like, yeah, always. Always. And, you know, I didn't get that from Shelly or, or Vildor. I feel like they were good. Um, and, you know, I, if they do get the chance again, I, I expect them to both, you know, play well. Chris, that's actually a perfect segue because the, the way I'm kind of think the way you said it, like trust your gut, your gut feeling about nervousness is actually kind of how I'm feeling about Mitch Trubisky, too. Like in the past, you know. I was a little bit nervous to see Mitch go out there. And when you, you see the camera pan on some of those deep balls, you know, you get a little nervous that that ball is going to be intercepted. But all of a sudden, I feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, even Mitch Trubisky himself said today that this is the most comfortable he has felt as a quarterback. And one other stat I kind of wanted to read here before we move on um, that kind of is a testament to how Mitch Trubisky has been improving as a player is – he has been the NFL's second best passer with at least 69 dropbacks, nice, uh, while under pressure over the past three weeks with a passer rating of 106.3 trailing only Lamar Jackson. Second under pressure. I mean, that was one of the biggest flaws for Mitch Trubisky, and, and one of the biggest criticisms was when he gets under pressure, he doesn't know what to do with the ball. He, he takes these sacks, he throws it uh, up in the air, and it gets picked off. So to see him be the second best passer in the NFL under pressure over the past three weeks is a is a true testament to his improvements and that's just not some, and that's kind of plays into the thing where you know people still say they're playing bad defense as well you know even when these defenses are getting pressure he's kind of finding ways to work around that so really really good to see that and, and I'm sure you know those types of statistics are what are playing into my confidence toward him my comfortability and the confidence he has and the comfortability he has in himself so Jake, I don't know if you wanted to, you know, talk about that a little bit and your comfortability about Mitch. I don't know if you're still a little bit nervous about him, but I'm I'm at a pretty good comfortability level with him. I mean, if you're not comfortable with Mitch Trubisky against the Jaguars, then I mean, then well, you're yeah. just then you're just choosing to die on a hill. But 
Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you're comfortable with him. I saw the stat too about his rating and how he's been playing and what he said about, uh, about him being most comfortable than he's ever been in the offense. That's obviously great things to hear, but as we know, Mitch says all the right things and acts the right way off the field. So I'll believe it when I see it in the Packers game. Uh, and I'll need to continue to see it against the Jaguars even more so because the Jaguars are not good team. So you should bully them. Um, cause as we know, bullying works, but uh, that being beside the point, I just saw this and I want to bring this up before we move on to our next segment. Charles Lino is the, yeah. is one of the top rated offensive tackles. He's the fifth highest offensive tackle in the NFL over the last six weeks. Unbelievable. I mean, that's pretty good. It, yeah. It, no, yeah. I, I, it's, you know, this kind of goes back to everything we've talked about, about Charles Leno, like these past couple years. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but my my thing with Charles Leno has always been that I don't think he's terrible. Like, I don't think he's a terrible tackle. I think he just, you know, those pre-snap penalties that he's always due for just had to stop. And when those stop, like, you, you, like you, you have a tackle that you can live with. And, and at, at the very least, you have a tackle you can live with. Um, it's just the, those pre-snap penalties. And, you know, for the most part, I feel like he's cut them out a little bit um and you know look and now you know everyone's taking notice that he's he's looking all right so um yeah i mean i i think charles leno can be an okay player um maybe even solid um and and, you know he he's he's proved it before that's the thing like he he's he'd have stretches where you know he doesn't allow a pressure or you're not hearing anything about charles leno which is actually a good thing so you know i i you know, I'm okay with Charles Leno. It's the other tackle that's kind of the problem. You know what they say about offensive linemen, the less you hear their name, the better. You know what exactly. I mean? And, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, and while we're talking about the O-line, real quick, Alex Barris has not allowed a pressure since the Lions game. Sam Mustafer hasn't allowed a pressure since being named the starting center. I mean, that that's incredible, guys. And those are both two guys that I don't I don't think you've heard their name once or, or their number rather once uh, on a penalty. I don't think either. Maybe Barris has been penalized. I know Mustafer hasn't, but uh, you know th- those penalties. And, and then then that's just a great credit to what Jake has talked about uh, weeks prior. That I don't a guy who's not getting enough credit for this is Juan Castillo. Uh, it's so funny because we this is the guy we talked about continuously in the offseason and we praised him to death. And now, you know, this is this is the time where he really deserves the praise because he somehow fixed this offensive line, put him together. And it's also these while we're talking about these undrafted, you know, rookies or undrafted players, Alex Barnes isn't a rookie. Um, but, you know, look at the other side of the ball uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, uh, James Robinson. I mean, that's an undrafted rookie. And it's just kind of the point that I've talked about in the past that, you know, it's it's very important to give these guys an opportunity, and that's all it is. It's it, all it is is an opportunity, right? Alex Spars, Sam Mustafa got their opportunity, and look what happened. I mean, the rest so far is history, just because they were given an opportunity. Literally nothing more special, nothing more. Just you know, put them out there, see how they do. I mean, Alex Spars for years now has just been waiting for an opportunity. That's simply it. And they decided to put Coward in there, in front of them, they decided to you know sign all these guys, Eric Cush, whatnot, in, in years prior. All he needed was an opportunity for him to prove himself. So going forward, as we look at the Bears in 2021, 22, as a fan listening to this and how you evaluate the team going forward, always the way I look at it, at least, is 
always give guys an opportunity. I think that's the most important thing you can do as a coaching staff. And it's quite frankly, something that I've been the most critical about with this coaching staff is they, you know, don't oftentimes give some of those guys like an Artavis Pierce, like a Lamar Miller, who's no longer on the roster, like a Riley Ridley, guys like that, an opportunity. But Sam Mustafa and Alex Bars are a great example of the beautiful things that can happen when you give guys like that an opportunity. James Robinson is a great uh, example of that on the other side. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of that kind of really like sums it up. You know, we talked about the Jaguars and how, you know, some of these second stringers, third stringers are going to come out with something to prove. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they just need a chance. So that that's yeah, that's another thing to look out for. Yeah, I was going to make that point that it just goes back to that switch that they made with Sam Moose for becoming the stunner. And I mean, he's obviously earned the right to stay there. So. Yeah, I think Leno is better now because the consistency along the offensive line, you're not shuffling as much and guys are just more comfortable. So it's good to know. Uh, It's good to see, especially with such a key stretch coming up uh, in the next two weeks. So that being said, um, let's move into our next segment. What is Blank listening to this week? And we're going with Roquan Smith, who was snubbed from the Pro Bowl, which cost him $3 million in bonuses. Uh, Even though he has absolutely been playing like a pro bowler. Uh, Yeah. So Roquan Smith not getting the pro bowl this year has cost him uh, a couple million in escalators in his contract. So he's a little uh, probably not happy about that. But, you know, hopefully that means there's an all pro selection coming his way instead, which would be much deserved. Uh, Allen Robinson also was snubbed from the pro bowl. Uh, Khalil Mack and Cordero Patterson are your two Bears pro bowlers this year. But we are going to go with what is Roquan Smith listening to this week? Um, I'm going with a classic from Blink-182, simply the song Damn It, um, because <laughs> I'm sure that was his initial reaction yeah. to not getting it. But also, it's, you know, it's all right, like, uh, it's like, you know, damn it, whatever, move on. And so you move on and hopefully you have that all pro selection coming. And that leads actually perfectly into mine. I'll play it for you guys here. Lupe Fiasco, the Chicago artist for The Show Goes On, and that's exactly what Jake was saying. Look, you know, he didn't make the Pro Bowl, whatever, The Show Goes On, I'm going to continue to play well, and, you know, hopefully an all-pro selection is down the road because, quite frankly, it's very deserving. He leads the NFL uh, among linebackers and solo tackles. He leads inside linebackers and tackles for loss. The numbers are there. Now, I think for a guy like him, at least this is the way it is for Pro Bowl voting, is you just got to make a name for yourself. How do you do that? You make big-time plays and big-time moments. So, you know, maybe maybe Roquan's the guy who gets that pick six that I was talking about earlier. Throw your name out there. Get yourself trending. That that's that, Unfortunately, that's the way it is, you know, at least when it comes to Pro Bowl voting. Is it, you know, a portion of it is the fan voting, and that fan voting, uh, a majority of it comes from popularity. You know, you look at some guys who, who have made the Pro Bowl who aren't very deserving of it, uh, but they're in there because of their name. Roquan Smith is a very, very talented player, one of the best players on this team. But he for, for whatever reason, he's just not the guy who's the most popular. So you make some big-time plays. You show yourself up on Twitter, on Instagram with some sort of pick six. You'll get out there. So the show goes on here for Roquan Smith to say not making the Pro Bowl. Chris, what you got? I got Keep That Shit by Quavo featuring Take Off. All right. So I'm basically just going to say the same things you guys have been saying. But honestly, Roquan's listening to this song because, you know, you can keep that Pro Bowl selection. We have bigger dreams. We, we're trying to win the Super Bowl. We're trying to make the playoffs, you know. I mean, screw the Pro Bowl selection. 
And I tweeted this. I tweeted this out um, when they when the players got announced for the Pro Bowl. I was like, I don't need a Pro Bowl selection to to validate how good Roquan Smith is for me. Bears fans know it. Um, anybody who watches football that's not stupid knows it. And that's pretty much all there is to it. So keep that shit. We're going to we're trying to go to the playoffs. That's that's fantastic. And you know what? That's the mentality of a lot of these players and a lot of players on winning teams because their idea is, you know what? Keep that shit, Chris. You're right, because we'll be in the Super Bowl where we won't even be allowed to play in the Pro Bowl anyway, uh, because players who make it to the Super Bowl aren't allowed to play it in the Pro Bowl. So, oh, yeah. you know, that, that, that's exactly what they're thinking. That's exactly what every player on each team is thinking when they get snubbed. It's like, you know what? Maybe it won't even matter. Maybe it won't even matter because we'll be in the Super Bowl. And that's, I'm sure, what's going through his mind. So I love that pick. Cause that's awesome. Keep that shit. <laughs> Yeah, there's no point. I mean, you got bigger things coming, especially, I mean, you you think that way. But, man, when I saw that Roquan missed out on about $3 million, that's kind of hurt. I didn't even that, know the money was yeah. that big. The, those escalators, yeah, that, I mean, you build them into a contract for a reason. And uh, in a year when you're arguably one of the best, if not the best, inside linebacker in the league, to not get that vote is tough. But what's I mean, his, you know what, the you, bonus? You, you know what really sucks? It's that I... Like, I really think you can make the argument that he's been the best player on the entire team this year. Like, yeah. like by yeah. a pretty significant, like, I, I I really don't know who's second. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't, I mean, maybe A-Rob, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I, I, would, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's unfortunate. But I do want to say one thing. Like, I, it, it sucks because he does deserve it so bad, but, you know, like, you have Bobby Wagner and Fred Warner. Like, it's just like you're splitting hairs at that point, man. Like, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to be it's hard to be really up in arms when you see who got it over him. That's why, like, it's hard for me to say he got robbed. Yeah, did he deserve it? Did he deserve it? 100%. Yeah. Like, I I wish they could kind of just throw him in as like, you know what? All three of these guys deserved it. But obviously, that would never happen. But I, I think that would probably all three of them somehow should have made it. I think that would have been the most fair way. Well, we're probably gonna have one opt out or something, so yeah. I'm sure he'll be oh, there. Oh man, anyway. they'll have, they'll have, yeah. they'll have. Well, wait, uh, there's no, there, there's no game this year. Oh right, yeah, right. They're just, they're just ceremonial. Anything. What the hell yeah. is that? What is? Stupid yeah, they're ceremonial. That? So in a way, like you, I feel like you could argue. This this year's Pro Bowl selections kind of matter more in a way like they mean more because, yeah. you know, I mean, you're getting selected and, and there's no there's no alternates in this in this scenario because no one's opting like, you know what I mean? There's no game. So I feel like it, it's it kind of means a little more. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I think Roquan 100 percent deserved it. But when you see who made it overhand, it's kind of like, uh, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and the unfortunate thing, too, as we're talking about the Pro Bowl here, is like I saw Chris Morrison tweet this from ESPN. He said, Pro Bowl voting has always had its flaws, even when it's only players and coaches. Yes, it has because fans, you know, popularity, all that. But it's complicated becomes a, because it becomes a part of a person's resume. You know, when you when you decide whether a certain player is going to make it into the Hall of Fame or, you know, how certain people view what this player's career was like, you know, one of the metrics and one of the things you look at was the number of Pro Bowls they were selected to. So it's unfortunate that, you know, a guy like this who's having such a talented season, like him not getting selected to the Pro Bowl somehow, some way could, you know, kind of taint his resume. 
which is really, really unfortunate because it kind of, to an extent, like undermines the performance he had this year. Now, that could be counteracted by the fact that he makes the all-pro team if he does, even if it's first team, second team, or third team, no matter which one, as long as he makes it, that'd be incredible. Um, but it is unfortunate that, you know, that Pro Bowl nomination being snubbed from that yeah. is like something that you look at because and, and now as you pertain this to Allen Robinson like look at a guy like him like this guy is so you know extremely talented but unfortunately like when you have DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams in your conference and you're not getting selected to the Pro Bowl like it doesn't mean you had a bad season or not a elite season he's having a very elite season it's just like man you, there's just not enough spots in there for him but it does not mean he's like having a worse season than those guys if you know what I mean like yeah that's what I'm trying to say so it's unfortunate that that's kind of uh something that goes on their resume and the lack there of heck yeah I'm not gonna lie like I I really hope Roquan's career isn't one of those careers where like for example Levante David okay a linebacker for the Buccaneers sure this guy has been like I'm, he, he's been better than good. Like he's been great for so many years. And I swear to God, the average fan doesn't know who Levante David is. And, and, and that really pisses me off. And I pray to God, uh, Roquan's career doesn't take a similar route. Cause that, that would really suck. And my thing is Kevin, you talked about how he has to make like those splash plays. Like, I think he has. That's the thing. Like, I think he well, has made those plays. I, th- I think they're splash plays. Like, they're not the interceptions or, the, like, well, the yeah. return. But they're splash plays more in terms of, like, sacks or, like, the tackle he had on Justin Jefferson where he came all the way from behind him and then yeah. just suplexed them. Like, I think it's flashy, splashy like that, not the uh, scoring points or you're not going to put it at the top of Sports Center splashy. But when you see him, you do go, oh, wow. So I, that, I think you got to be looking for him. See, but here's the thing, though. Like, I, I don't think Fred Warner is that type of player either. And, I mean, That's he fair. gets his recognition. And I feel like Fred Warner is probably even less of a flashy player than Roquan. Uh, and, you know, and that's kind of the thing. Like, it's just sometimes players just get, you know, they just fly under the radar for whatever reason. And, you know, I, I just I hope like Roquan. Well, this is also his first year doing it on a team that's had an up and down year where not a lot of people have been paying it. So I think as time goes on, as he keeps it up, he'll be more will be. I feel like we'll be having a different conversation in two years, let's say. I mean, that's fair. Like, think about it. I, I do. This sounds crazy, but like he gets the interception against the Saints and takes it to the end zone for a touchdown, a game when he touched on overtime against one of the best teams in the NFL. Like, that's a play that vaults you into the Pro Bowl like that. That's yeah. and, and, you know, Fred Ward doesn't have any, he has two interceptions, but he has doesn't have any of those clutch plays. But like, that's what I'm trying to say about these yeah. big play moments is like those are the things like DK Metcalf's rundown against uh, Buda Baker. Like, that's just a play, although he wasn't even receiving the ball in the play, that just, like, speaks to his greatness, speaks to his excellence, yeah. and, like, you know, makes it a household name for, you know, fans outside of the fan base of their city. So, yeah. those kinds of plays. So, this, what we're trying to say is Roquan's going to get an interception touchdown this week because it also plays <laughs> to my bull prediction, and he's going to put the league on notice, and he's going to get the all-pro selection and make his $3 million, however much money it is. So, well, that's what I, we're predicting. I, I was just going to say – what what we're trying to say is Roquan's the best linebacker of all time, but right, that, <laughs> okay, that works. Yeah, that, yeah, that hey, works too. I mean, he does play for the Chicago Bears, so that's yeah. a good start. Um, yeah. No, Roquan absolutely deserved it. I'm sure there's more accolades on the way that are better than the, a ceremonial Pro Bowl anyway, so credit to him. Um, and, I mean, you know if you ask him about it, he's just going to be like, oh, whatever, we're on to the next thing. So yeah. 
whatever. I mean, there'll be more. He's still what in his third year now, so it's hardly hardly going to be the first time he's up for that, uh, in my opinion. So yes. that being said, though, we'll keep it moving into our predictions. Wrap it up. Bears, as I said in the beginning of the show, are seven point favorites against the Jaguars uh, at at Jacksonville. Um, I I think they should easily cover this. I think the Bears win this game 35-17. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go Bears 45-17. So I'm going to stick with you on that 17. I think the defense plays well, and I think they put up a 40 bomb. Uh, you know, I think they're going to go up early in the second half. But what I don't want them to do, kind of what they did against the Texans, is, you know, take that foot off the gas pedal in the second half. Keep it going. Again, like I said, momentum, confidence, put up 45, uh, hold them to under 20 points, get some takeaways, make your team feel good about yourself going into Green Bay. It's very, very crucial, very important. I think they win this one 45-17. I'm going to go – damn, you guys went uh, – you guys went high. Okay, um, I'm going to go – I'll go 24-10, uh, Bears. I, wow. I yeah. I, I, Chris, I just, keep in mind this team has scored over 30 in the last two weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Three yeah. weeks, yes. That, but that's how – that's how – I don't know. Uh, that's crazy. I think – it's crazy that we're actually saying that Chris saying the Bears are going to score under 30 is a surprise. Let's cherish this <laughs> moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Chris, Chris, this is the worst defense in the NFL. I know. The offense I is know. rolling. David Montgomery's rolling. I mean, I'm thinking 30 is like a lock. I'm thinking 30 is a lock. I, I here here's here's the way I'm looking at it. Like we've we've seen like logically the Bears should probably score over 30, but like we know in the NFL like that usually doesn't always happen. Just because you're yeah. playing a bad team doesn't always mean that they're gonna you know put up an an, an insane amount of points. So I don't know, 24 points. I mean three touchdowns in a game. Like you know you hold you hold the the Jaguars to 10 points. I think that's you know I think that's a dominant performance still. Um, and I do think they'll be dominant. So to, I'll go 24-10. 24-10. Okay. That's my pick. Um, with it. If, if they score more than 24, trust me, I won't be surprised. I just, you know, I, I, I just, I, I think 24 just sounds like a decent number to me. I don't know. That's a good, I mean, we, how many weeks ago, a month ago, a month and a half ago, we would have taken 24 in the blink of an eye. So, yeah, you know, exactly. uh, how things change, you know, but uh, we're all taking the Bears, as I think we should, uh, against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a joke, um, but the Bears hopefully aren't treating them like one because that's how you get beat by bad teams and you fall out of playoff contention. So we all think the Bears go and take care of business um, and hopefully they just play a good, clean game, take care of business and then on to Green Bay. Um but that being said, uh, I think that uh, you guys got anything else? Any last points? No. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think that that just Merry Christmas. It. Happy holidays yeah. to everybody. Merry Christmas to all the listeners for sure. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So thank you to the listeners. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, we will be back after the Jacksonville game uh, to break that down, break down hopefully what is a route. And then uh, later after that, we'll be getting you ready for the final game of the regular season in which hopefully the Bears will be looking at a playoff spot. And obviously we'll go from there. So thank you once again to all the listeners. Stay safe, stay healthy, and have a very happy Christmas, whatever holiday you may be celebrating. Or if you're not celebrating, have a wonderful Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, But that does it for us, for myself, for Kevin, and for Chris. Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. And bear down. 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 Welcome.